0: petersfield's
1: shine radio
0: hello i'm claire
1: venice and i'm joff lacey we're staying close to home and letting local voices shine in this
2: week's Peapod.
3: if you love petersfield i love
2: the square the hangers the open house swimming pool
3: lots of fun shops then the Peapod loves you
2: it's just a nice
4: town
3: everything petersfield is in the Peapod with claire venice and joff lacey
1: Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week we're bringing you a variety of recent interviews from Shine Radio. Join us to hear from our fellow volunteers as they go out and about in the Petersphere.
0: From community tree planting for the Jubilee to a fair share larder in Clanfield, a local language expert for Ukrainian refugees and a monthly meeting for those female monthlies, Petersfield's Shine Radio has all your local happenings covered.
1: And as usual, John Walker from the Petersfield Post has your Petersfield news and Susie enjoys the blue skies and larks on in her wild walk.
0: We end the pod with a song called Sunshine by local band Barbudo.
3: The P stands for Petersfield. I like going to the open air swimming pool and shopping. <laughs> the Pod.
1: Hello, Claire. How are you? I'm great, Geoff. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. So, Claire... Where are we recording this week?
0: Well, we're in your back garden again. We
1: are. Nice to be back. You might hear cars going by, birdsong, but we're so glad to be out and about again. And whilst we had hot weather over the weekend, sadly, it's not as warm today. I know. We're
0: hanging on, aren't we? Just hanging on this evening. It's Monday evening. (laughs) I think in a couple of days' time, we'll be back shivering inside.
1: (laughs) Well, I vowed after the sun a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't going to be wearing trousers again at the weekends and evenings. You did say that? I did. So and? I've, I've, I'm still wearing my shorts. Oof. Yes. You're brave man, Jeff Lacey on
0: Thursday. <laughs> Thursday this week. <laughs> I think it's going to be might a might just stay cold. in.
1: <laughs> so Claire, how's it been?
0: It's been a lovely week because of the weather. I've yes. just had such a nice week with being able to go in the garden, lots of gardening actually, Good. and recording a growing together with Steve Amos down at the Adhurst estate allotment. Oh,
1: right. Do I have to plant my potatoes yet?
0: Well, he tells me he plants all his potatoes, whether they're new potatoes, earlies or second earlies, all together over the Easter weekend.
1: So oh, you've got, right. a got a little bit of time. Have
0: you got them chitting? <laughs>
1: No it's just the way they're standing. <laughs> <laughs> Chit them now. Uh, right. Well yes because he accused me of being a bit of a a skinflint last last year with the, the potatoes I was using.
0: Well weren't you using
1: Yeah, just potatoes not, from the f- garden. Ju- <laughs> <laughs> so he said to go and get some proper ones. Have you done that? Not yet.
0: They're still around. You can still get them at right. the garden center. Okay. They might be chitting already in there so you <laughs> might be lucky.
1: <laughs> but you're okay. You've got plenty of time. Good. So Now, lots of changes with um, energy prices going up, that type of thing. How's it affecting you?
0: Yeah, we're a bit chilly at our house because we're on oil. And we only have about, well, we have less than a quarter tank left now. We usually fill up when it gets to about a quarter tank, but we just can't get, well, we can now, but we couldn't. A couple of weeks ago, we couldn't get an order. So we've got to wait until around about the 12th of April, for a delivery. We've turned the heating off. Have you? Yeah, I had the heating off for the oh, last couple of weeks.
1: I don't think that's going to happen in our house, i, tell you.
0: I tell you. It's cold. And we live in a cold house. <laughs> it's chilly. We have the log burner, so it's yes. warm in the lounge. Right. Um, but I do have a lot of hot water bottles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was, I was interested. I was speaking to uh, a farmer last week and he was telling me that to get oil or red diesel for the farm, they have to order it, but they do not get the price until they come and deliver it. So it could range from <sighs> Because it's ever-changing.
0: Well, we've had to pay almost double. Have you? Yeah, yeah. And I know there's a lot of people out mm. in the countryside, like us, who are on oil tanks, who are just having a hard time accessing, you know, getting getting the, the fuel in. So, I mean, in a way... I guess we're heading into the summer, so, you know, yes. you can sort of bear it. But this cold snap coming up this week.
1: <laughs> you could be putting it bed on. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So, are you keeping warm by doing lots of jogging? Because I know you like going for a run.
0: I do like going for a run. Yeah, I do. I go for early morning runs. They've been lovely again last week because of the weather. Yeah. Just gorgeous. But, um, yeah, then, you know, you cool down. Yes. And you get a bit chilly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. But, um, yeah, it will, be, it will be nice to have a bit of heating back on if we can.
1: Yeah, well, I'm doing a bit of walking at the moment, so I'm still recovering from a bit of a extensive walk at the weekend, where I actually went up and down the shoulder of Mutton twice. <laughs> so we did it lengthways. So we start off one end of Ashford Hangers and walked all the way across. So went up, dipped down to the Poet's Stone, and then along. Then we thought we'd extend the walk, so we went did a loop all the way around Hawkley. And came back on the hangers way that way. And went so we went widthways over the shoulder of mutton. So you know where you where you can see it from from the road. Mm -hmm. It it goes up like that. Yeah. So we went up almost (laughs) vertical. (laughs) Almost vertical, both sides, up and down.
0: Good lord.
1: I'll tell you what, I was aching.
0: How long was that?
1: Well, it took us, we only did 12 miles, but it took us three hours forty. So, um,
0: Crikey Joff, but no wonder get- you were aching But <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we're getting ready to walk from Amberley to uh, Petersfield very soon Yeah, so. this is
0: your next big challenge, next so when big does that challenge. take place?
1: May the 14th So we're starting, getting a lift to Amberley And then we're going to walk back from Amberley We reckon it might take eight hours, don't know And then we're going to finish off at the Indian For a nice curry and a pint I'm
0: sorry, a couple of pints <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll be thirsty by I'm then thirsty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we
1: will be having a lot- couple of stop-offs as well uh, cocking and Berriton are earmarked for um, pub stops. Pub stops, yes.
0: <laughs> well, that sounds great. So, you, you're doing walks almost every week then? Yes. To prepare? Yeah,
1: prepare, yes. So, yeah, I'm trying to, Yeah, we, try, we've, we started off at seven miles. We're now trying to do anything between 11 and 13 every week. Good to
0: break those walking shoes yes. in, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Geoff. That's brilliant. Thank you.
1: So, we're doing something different this week introducing the wide variety of talent in Shine Radio.
0: Yeah, there's some great stuff going on. You know, we've got some brilliant volunteers with us and it just felt the right thing to do to let other voices shine this week. So we do, we have a variety of interviews that have taken place recently uh, in the Petersphere and, um, you know, really pleased to be able to to play them on the Peapod. So as you know, we love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please get in touch. We're on 01730 55500 for a call or a WhatsApp, or you can email team at shineradio.uk.
1: And if you'd like to volunteer with Shine Radio, please do get in touch. You'll be hearing from some of Shine Radio's volunteers in this episode, some of whom have been with the team from the very beginning, and some who've only recently joined. Everyone is welcome. Coming up,
0: community groups and schools take part in a tree planting event along the avenue. But first, here's Joff with John Walker for their news slot, discussing the lack of affordable housing in our area.
1: John and I are going to get together to discuss a particular subject close to our hearts. And John, what are we going to talk about this week? Affordable housing, or lack of, in Petersfield and surrounding areas. Brilliant. I can't wait to see where this takes us. So, John, where would you like to start?
5: Well, you said you'd can't see, like to see where it's going to take us. It's taking us straight back to 1980 and Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> so, I'm
1: sure this is a topic close to your heart as you've decided to start with Margaret Thatcher.
5: Why there? That was when the biggest change in um, affordable housing or social housing happened, and we're reaping the housing whirlwind now, Joff, to this day. In 1980... October the 4th I think it was Margaret Thatcher signed off the right to buy bill allowing council tenants to buy their council houses which was a great thing it was fantastic, don't get me wrong I think it was a great idea unfortunately on page 28 there was a little clause that said that councils couldn't replace their council housing stock by building new ones and that for me was the start of the housing problem that we've got today. Council houses, there were 5 million council houses in 1980. Today there's 1.5 million. Council houses were designed to provide affordable housing for people who worked who weren't necessarily ever going to see a great increase in their salaries. And it was tied into on the house buying front mortgages could only be well, well mortgages were awarded in 1980 on three and a half times the husband's salary it was nothing to do with how much the wife earned it was just the husband's salary so quite rightly the councils were gay abandoned sold all their council houses off put their feet up on the desk and said job done, let's count the pennies I fast forward it to today there's 1,500 people 1,500 families in East Hampshire on the uh, Hampshire Home Choice housing waiting list to, uh, to get what would have been council houses. And what, by selling off the council houses, what they did was took out the whole bottom layer of the housing market. You know, people could have an affordable council house. So therefore, houses for sale had to be kept at a reasonable price. Otherwise, people would just say, well, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'm gonna go on the council waiting list. And yeah, it would have taken two or three years to get a council house, but you got it. So mortgage companies or house builders had to keep their house prices reasonable. Um, And bearing in mind that they were only allowed to award mortgages on three and a half times the husband's salary or the main household earner's salary. So it was all fairly well regulated. Everybody could have a house. Some people could afford to buy them, some people couldn't, but there was no undue stress on the housing market. And then all that, as I said, the council houses got sold off. Housing associations came in. The rent of a housing association house today is probably six or seven hundred pounds a month. You know, and it all becomes too expensive. So when the council houses were sold off, developers had a field day because they could now start building. They could. The prices were theirs because there was no other form of housing. There was no alternative. They could charge exactly what they thought it was worth, what they wanted to get. House prices started to go up. Today, affordable housing. I had a quick look today, and it's between three hundred and 400000 in the Petersfield area for a so-called affordable house bought through a developer. And the way the mortgage system works at the moment, you have to have a 10% deposit, so-called, so there's 35 or 40 grand straight away. Also, on the mortgage, if you're talking about an ordinary working couple, say they're earning 25, 26 grand a piece, they both have to work, which puts stresses on a family life. Children have to be paid to go into childcare, which again puts another financial stress on the the family. So it's we're left in a position where the whole country's economy, and particularly around areas like East Hampshire, which are popular commuters, the whole economy revolves around the price of houses and the building of houses. Petersfield, as part of the South Downs National Park, is quite lucky that between now and I think it's 2028, there's uh, 800 houses to be built here, of which I think it's just over 400 or getting on for 500 have already been built we've got another 300 to come places like Alton for example have got thousands of houses going up Borden it's a whole town that's being built coming back to the affordable housing developers are supposed to put in 40% of their numbers so if they're building a 100 houses, as they're just about starting to do down at the back of um, back of Barnfield Close, Penn's Place. They're putting in 111 houses or whatever, isn't it? By law, 40-plus of those houses should be affordable. But then you come back to there's no regulating body. It's now the developers saying what's affordable. So, uh,
1: Yeah, I think that's a, re- a really good point because we got on the housing market in 2000. My wife and I both worked, so we had a we had joint income, but all we could afford... If we compared it, we could afford a two, three-bedroom ex-council in Bedhampton. For, for Petersfield, we could have bought a one-bedroom flat in Winton Road. By luck, by chance, we were able to move back to Petersfield six years later. But if we were looking to get onto the housing market now in Petersfield, there is no chance. And for, for us, we were both born and bred in Petersfield. We'd want to stay, but local youngsters are being priced out. The Peaceful Post is out every Wednesday and now costs around pound, worth every penny. And if you'd like to hear more outspoken opinions, I'll be meeting John once a month for an in-depth discussion about topical newsworthy matters. You can find out more on shineradio.uk. Ten
0: new trees went into the ground at the avenue last week, each sponsored by a local organisation. This is all part of a wider tree-planting push in the petersphere to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee.
1: Shine Radio's Stephen Martin met with U3A representative Andrew Borthwick, councillor Leslie Farrow, Lynn Pease from the Winton
6: Players and pupils Rupert, Phoebe and Benedict from Ditcham Park School. Well, I have to admit that it isn't really me. It's my wife, who should be here. I could raise my voice a little and go like that and pretend I'm her, but I'm not, uh, because she's not very well today. It's not Covid, but it's just... Um, an awful bug that's going around so I'm representing her but she uh, picked up the idea about four years ago and uh, thought it was a great idea to plant some trees uh, and kept running into all sorts of problems Uh, I personally my contribution has been to go out trying to photograph places where you can put a tree which is not as easy as it sounds can I say Uh, because uh, people will keep putting pipes underneath the ground and people won't know who owns something. I mean, it really has taken four years to do it and it was really just under this particular event of the Queen's Jubilee that we've managed to, to get our tree in the ground.
7: And we're putting in a row of ten trees along the avenue. It's called the avenue. That would suggest it's an appropriate place for a row of trees. Well, that's right. Funnily enough, when they
6: said it's going in the avenue, I thought that's a bit presumptuous, uh, because they haven't even been put in yet. But um, I understand there used to be more trees than there were down here.
7: Good. And what kind of tree is U3A sponsoring?
6: Well, we're very pleased because ours is a beech tree, and uh, we like that. And it's a native tree, of course, because I know that we were keen that that we should put UK native trees in. And it's looking very fine, I have
7: to say, at the moment. And who's actually doing the spade work today?
6: Well, I'm afraid it might be me. Uh, This is only because, of course, uh, Joyce can't be here to to dig it in. Uh, So I'm quite happy to wield the spade.
7: Andy, great to speak to you, and good luck with the planting.
6: Thanks very much, and I hope that all of them look
7: fantastic come the spring.
2: I'm Leslie Farrow, and I'm a town councillor of Petersfield Town Council, and I'm on the grounds committee.
7: And it's the grounds committee that's kind of behind this scheme today, isn't it?
2: Yes, we we were all for planting as many trees as we could for the Queen's Canopy, but of course you've got to be measured when you plant them. You can't just bung them in everywhere, and so we thought this would be a nice idea.
7: So what kind of work did you have to do behind the scenes to make today possible?
2: We had to choose the right type of tree and we had to, well, our groundsman knows his stuff and we had to um, order them in and uh, make sure that they're going to stay here. So we hope hope they're not going to be vandalised like the poor one at the library, uh, at the museum was.
7: And it's ten trees, each sponsored by a a separate organisation. How difficult was it to find the sponsors?
2: We got nine very successfully of course as the last one and we had a, a private individual who wanted to sponsor one but, um, and we'd have loved to have let her but we really wanted an organisation so luckily we got one in the end.
7: And you've got five schools involved.
2: All of our local schools are very keen on ecology and the the planet, the green planet, and so um, they were all coming forward to to volunteer.
7: Now, you've got the ten trees here, and I understand that you negotiated a really good deal with a nursery.
2: Well, that's down to our groundsman, David Cole. Um, he's very canny at getting a bargain and uh, he's very friendly with the nursery in the Midlands, so that's where we got them from.
7: And they're all different, aren't they? All different species?
2: Yes, yes. There's a big choice here. I'm in favour of um, our native trees. I, I have a feeling that uh, we'll get more native trees here.
7: Leslie, thank you very much. Thank you. Right, so my name's Stephen. What's yours?
3: Rupert.
2: Phoebe Benedict.
7: OK, Rupert, Phoebe and Benedict. Come on, Phoebe, you tell me first. What was it like putting a tree in the ground today?
3: It was fun, but hard.
7: What was tricky about it for you?
8: Holding a tree was heavy.
7: Oh, it was really heavy.
8: Yeah. And
3: um, shoveling.
7: So what was the, the technique that you adopted in the end?
3: Um, just pushing it in.
7: <laughs> just what? Just a we'll big just shove? fantastic what did you enjoy about it
3: i i quite enjoyed putting the putting the soil in and and kind of watching the tree stand up by itself
7: why is it important for you to be planting a tree today
3: because um us three and some other people at school we've been litter picking and um we've been and the teachers have thought we've been really good and so they brought us here
7: fantastic now phoebe do you know what kind of tree it is you've put in
3: I forgot the name.
9: (laughs) Anyone help us? It's an alder.
7: An alder?
9: An alder.
8: Do
7: you know what that looks like when it's fully grown?
8: No. Okay.
7: then there's a bit of research that you can do when you get back to school, yeah?
8: Yeah, I like doing research. You get to use iPads.
7: (laughs) (laughs) What do you expect it will look like maybe in, I don't know, three, four months' time?
3: Yeah, I think it might have some blossoms, some nice colourful leaves. Wait, not colourful, just green leaves. I think it will look a lot more healthy instead of just black it might have a few green leaves on it
7: and how are you going to remember which tree it is that you planted so that maybe when you come back here i don't know 10 15 years time you can still find it
3: well um count um the first two trees and then the um, after the big bush it will be ours
7: (laughs) good look for the big bush
3: love you
9: big bush
7: (laughs) thank you all three of you you are wonderful and good luck to you and your tree
9: hooray I'm Lynn Pease and representing Winton Players.
7: And what are you sticking in the ground today?
9: It's a cockspur hawthorn. What does that look like? Um, It has beautiful flowers in the summer, but it also has three-inch long um, spines. So anybody touching it, they will have a shock.
7: (laughs) So what what made you choose such a a violent plant?
9: We didn't. The town council chose it for us, which is a bit (laughs) worrying if that's how they see us.
7: (laughs) and win some players now you've had a couple of hairy years really haven't you
9: yes we have we missed out on doing um two pantomimes and four plays we managed to put one on um ladies in lavender uh, at the studio at tps last october that was the first production and at the moment we're rehearsing for a bunch of amateurs which comes on at the end of april that started rehearsing in twenty. Nineteen. We were supposed to put it on in 2020 and now we're putting it on in a month's time.
7: <laughs> I guess it'll be worth waiting for.
9: Well, the prompter said that if they don't know the lines, they're in trouble. <laughs>
7: <laughs> and tell me about the tree. Why did Winton players want to put a tree in the ground here today?
9: Well... A, because we want to be sustainable and have help with the the Queen's um, green canopy. Plus also it's Winton Player's 75th anniversary this year. So it's quite apt that we've actually been chosen. We're very proud to have been chosen for a tree in this our special year as well.
7: And you had to do a bit of fundraising to pay for it, didn't you?
9: Uh, no, actually, we, we didn't do any fundraising. We have a nice, nice amount in our little money pot and we decided that um, we wanted to have a legacy in Petersfield so therefore it was worth spending our money on, on having something that's going to last.
7: And what did it cost you?
9: Uh, it was £100. It was going to be £300 but then the nursery apparently donated the trees um, so the cost was, was just £100 to us, which is
7: wonderful. OK, so if people want to find your tree and avoid the prickles, uh, wh- which one is it?
9: <laughs> it's number seven, number seven, right by the large gate here and by the holly. Actually, two prickly trees together.
7: <laughs> Lynn, lovely to speak to you and uh, break a leg with a bunch of amateurs.
9: Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
3: The P stands for Petersfield. I
0: think it's an amazing place to live. The Pea pod. This week, Susie enjoys the Skylark's return on her wild walk. She also talks about the planned Petersfield Walking Festival and the walk she'll be leading in August.
10: Well, I hope you can hear lark song. That's why I've paused here. There's a little bit of wind as well. I'm risking it because I just wanted to share that I'm leaning against the huge oak tree and looking out where people are actually at last at picnic tables at Sky Farm by the side of the river toddlers laughing there's something about a day like today which is absolutely beautiful definitely spring I know I said I could smell it in the air last week but I was really more travelling in hope but it definitely is Today it's just glorious, and you know no matter what's going on in the world, you cannot help but have your spirits lifted by lark song and a day like today. I'm looking up at actually a sky I prefer because it looks british it's a a beautiful blue sky, but there are puffy fair weather clouds as well, so it just looks like childhood. I've noticed, I don't know if you have, that so many finger posts and lamp posts have got the Ukrainian blue and yellow on. I don't know who's done that, but well done you if you're listening. And what Richard and I are in fact doing this morning is half the walk that I will be doing in the summer. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago, keep the 27th of August free because I'm going to be doing a wild walk And you are very, very welcome to join me. It's joined with Rosemary Hospice, which, of course, you'll all know. Very worthy cause. And I'm going to be walking from Sheet Common, where we're going to hear all about... Vaughan Clark's going to tell us all about the famous Hawkehurst gang of smugglers and their awful deeds at a pub very near there that not the half moon the pub no longer exists luckily and then we're going to walk from there I shall lead the walk with dogs of course over to the tea barn at Derley Marsh where people can leave and arrange to be picked up if they only want to do half the walk otherwise after coffee and cake we'll walk on back to the Tarot Centre via the river so well behaved dogs very very welcome It would be rather nice if they were so well behaved that they could have a romp in the river as it will be, I hope, a lovely summer's day. So I'm looking out over what we're doing. I'm going to be timing it, but I'm trying to make it an hour to the tea barn and an hour back from the tea barn. And I think we can. So, uh, I'm not going to be doing it as a route march. We're going to walk and talk. So, it would be lovely to have your company. So, that will be, I think we're starting at 9.30 on the 27th of August. More details to follow. Okay. So, Richard and Rain, on we go.
0: Coming up, we bring you our latest What's On guide. And Phil Humphreys has news of a fair share larder in Clanfield.
1: But first, Joe Gray caught up with Beck Stafferton, the founder of Petersfield's new support group for the perimenopause and menopausal in the Petersfield area.
0: The Petersfield Menopause Support Group, affectionately known as PMS, is a free, casual, confidential, and friendly monthly gathering about all things hormonal and a chance to meet other women going through the roller coaster ride. I've been in perimenopause for maybe two years now and I felt like there wasn't a lot
3: of help out there. I'm also a blogger and I've got a Facebook group and I've seen on there that so many other women are just crying out for help. And so having heard all of that, someone sort of planted the seed in my head, you should set up a group, did it, and here they
11: are. Totally, so amazing turnout. It's your first night. Yes.
3: Um So anyone interested in joining the Facebook group is called PMS which is Petersfield Menopause Support. I
11: love that that, (laughs) and and also there's (laughs) monthlies this being the first.
3: We're aiming for once a month that will be discussed tonight to find out when the next one is but we're going to see how tonight goes. Maybe we'll have some special evenings where we'll get some experts in and they can do some talks and stuff. We're kind of just putting the feelers out tonight to see what women want. We'll go from there.
0: The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? Starting from April the 7th and continuing on every first Thursday of the month, Gallery No. 30 will host Artist Nights. An opportunity for local artists to share their work, discuss their struggles and inspirations and network too. All are welcome for a night of art conversation from 6pm until 8pm. An entry is free.
1: East Hampshire District Council and Dementia Friendly Pizzled are hosting the second East Hampshire Dementia Festival on Friday, the 8th of April, at the Festival Hall. Taking place between 10am and 4:30pm, the drop-in event is free and provides people living with dementia, their families and carers, advice and a variety of activities to try.
0: The Petersfield Open Air Pool will open their gates on April the 30th to start the 2022 swimming season. With lots of exciting plans for the year, a full calendar of events will be released on April the 2nd, along with season ticket sales and swimming lesson bookings. More information can be found at the pool's website.
1: The Peaceful Museum and the Floral Talk Gallery are hosting a new exhibition of Paula Rego's work one of the most important figurative artists of our time. Not only is her graphic work on display, but also the stories that inspired her. The exhibition continues until July the 9th, and the entry is free with standard museum admission.
0: If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. You can choose from a selection of great programmes, which are available to listen to on demand, or tune into the brighter mix of music, local news and weather.
1: There's a new Talking Books episode available to listen to. This month, Susie and Tim discuss their favourite books of the month, and interviews are with Martin Munkaster and Sir Vince Cable.
0: To listen to March's episode of Talking Books
1: and other programmes, tune in to shineradio.uk,
0: 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And to find out more about local events, go to shineradio.uk forward slash events.
3: If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk.
1: The Fair Share mobile food larder is open to all across the area at the Clanfield Centre every Thursday from 1 till 2.30pm.
0: Shine Radio's Phil Humphreys visited the van to find out how you can join this membership scheme to make your money go further and help prevent food waste
12: too. So having heard about Fair Share's Larder, I took myself down to the Clamfield Centre to find out a little bit more. And first I managed to speak to a couple of their customers.
11: It's
4: amazing, it's really helpful for a large family, especially with the prices of things going up at the moment, And it stops food waste as well. It's
12: an all-round brilliant idea, isn't it? What do you think of the scheme? What kind of thing have you been getting from it? I think the selection
11: is really good. I mean, you've got your fruit, your veg, you know, the juice, bread. All your essentials are all all met. And that's what what you can't really ask
12: for
4: any more than that. And how does the scheme work? You pay a membership fee each week. It's £5 for a large family. £3.50 for a smaller family, you fill in a form and then come down with your bags or trolley and a freezer bag and they fill it up for you, it's amazing.
12: I was also able to speak with Lisa Clements.
4: Well I'm the Community Development Officer for Horndean, Canfield and Weldon's Castle. Ah. And we've got our Community Development Officer in each area of the district and there's another one of these up in Headley Down, by Woodlands Hall Community Centre and fair share applied for our supporting communities fund and they received money to set out these two new mobile larders to the area um, to get it off the ground and to try and help local people so
12: at the moment it it would be a really big help to people to to know about this absolutely because bills are going up left right and center and tell us a little bit about this scheme and how does it work and how do people access it
4: well the scheme itself is a membership base and there's various different prices within that membership and then once you do that you pay a small amount towards a large amount of food say for example you paid five pounds for your big bag of food but you've actually got say 20 pounds worth of food which at the moment in the current climate is is amazing so it's a really good scheme there's different levels of membership and it's something that we're really hoping is going to grow and i understand that it's also tackling food waste absolutely yeah, so food or drink that's getting near the end of its shelf life, it's all about reusing it, reuse and recycle, uh, and repurpose, really. So, yeah. I mean, I do it myself at home. So to recycle, I always buy things at the towards the end of the sale by date. So there's absolutely no reason why food can't be there. And I think, why not?
12: Uh, let's be clear. This isn't like a food bank. There's no qualification. It is a subscription service and yeah. everybody can absolutely. access it. Yeah. And the more people that access it... The The better better it's going to be.
4: Yeah, and the bigger it will get. So this is in its first few weeks. Um, The one up in Headley Down has been going a, a little bit longer. And that's been going really, really well now. And it's also, as part of the funding that Fair Share secured, they shared it with the Citizens Advice in the area, so a representative from the CAB, if someone has emailed in to say, I'd like some advice on, I don't know, cost of living, say at the the moment, then a representative would be here to give that person advice free, during their time here whilst they get their bag of food. A one-stop shop. Exactly. Oh,
12: wonderful. How does somebody access this? Now, we've turned up in in the car park here at the Clamfield Centre, but people are sat at home here, you know, how would they know? How do they access this?
4: So, fair share... Do a lot of advertising online, and it's obviously been shared through social media. I've shared it myself on local social media. It's gone out to all the local schools on their online, like the parent platforms. Um, and I believe that one of our district councillors, along with uh, John, the chair of the parish council here, want to do a leaflet drop to the local communities around to spread the word even further. So hopefully, with the spread online in the shares and keep sharing and and local information yeah. and of course it word of grow. mouth because
8: when somebody yeah, well, that's hears a about huge this part of
4: it yeah and uh, having spoken with claire one of the managers at fair Share, she said that word of mouth is is a huge
12: uh, part of their work shine radio will be telling people about it brilliant thank you thank you so much lisa between customers i managed to grab a few words with phil who's been running the van today have you been busy today Tell, tell us about how it goes and what kind of thing you've been giving people today.
13: Well, today we've been giving out tins of spaghetti, pasta, tomato puree, sweets, peppers, drinks, bread, um, sandwich fillers, and it all helps everybody out that is struggling really bad. There's a lot of people struggling yeah. at the moment, aren't there? I, I'd rather see it, go to people that are struggling than go to site, like, to be quite honest.
12: So this is this would all just go to waste, go to landfill, if it wasn't
13: for the work that you guys are doing. Yeah. We've got on the go we've got up to sixteen miles in different areas all over the place.
12: And how often are you here in Clanfield? Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Yeah.
13: And that's here in the car park at the Clanfield Centre. Yeah, yeah. We started off lot like, we started off a week, two weeks ago, and we had one person. from that one price we went to three and today we've had about five, six people we've had people from the school come down to find out what they get in a tray that one there is a family tray you get one, two, three four, five, six, seven eight items and that one is five pounds this one is for two people which is £3.50. That one is for a single person, which is £2.50. Everything else around, and what I've got in the back of my van, there, goes on top as a greasy bonus. So you're getting
12: a lot for a relatively small spend, aren't you? Yeah. And if people hear about this, can they literally just turn up here and sign up for the scheme
13: yeah, they on can, the spot. Yeah, or if they've got a computer, they can go online.
0: But you can just turn up on the day, fill out a form and take food away that day. So, so you don't have to wait. There's no delay in taking any food.
13: We, we had a lady turn up today and she's just completed this form and she's had her contents and she was quite with it.
12: So well, I've just spoken to a, a couple of your customers and they absolutely made up with this
13: service. It's word of mouth, once yeah. it gets around we're gonna get loads of we'll have loads of people. Busy will be hard about it's gonna be really for people that are well, it's, it's suffering. I can't say no more than that really.
1: <laughs> for more information about the Fair Share Mobile Food Larder, email FS Southern Centre at fairshare.org. Or visit the van at the Clanfield Centre on Thursday and sign up.
0: A woman from Bereton, whose first language is Russian, is offering her language expertise to local families who host refugees.
1: Violet Snell speaks fluent Russian and understands a lot of Ukrainian. She spoke to Shine's Stephen Martin about how she plans to make her expertise available via our local churches.
11: I've lived in this country and largely in the Peacefield area for just over 30 years now. Um, But what most people who know me these days don't immediately realize is that I was born and raised in Moscow, uh, in the old Soviet Union. And Russian is my first language. I didn't learn English until I went to school. And even then it was very bad. Um, And Only about six months before we were due to leave the country and move to the UK did I really tackle English in earnest because I had to. So I I now speak English fluently enough to fool most people, but um, my first language is actually Russian.
7: And what are the similarities between Russian and Ukrainian?
11: So Russian and Ukrainian are actually very, very close. I can listen to one of Zelensky's addresses and understand almost every word that he's saying. Um, Ukrainian is is kind of halfway between Russian and Polish, if you like, both in spelling and in vocabulary. But I can guess most words that people say in Ukrainian, what they mean. I couldn't speak Ukrainian. But of course, most of the people who live in Ukraine now will also speak Russian, because back in the old Soviet Union, you had to, everybody had to, wherever you were from.
7: And how likely is it that people coming from Ukraine to the UK as refugees will need help with English?
11: I think that's very age dependent. So the younger generation do have english more commonly but the older people from uh perhaps sort of 40s onwards um, are very unlikely to have english of course maybe the ones that choose to come to the uk will be the ones that can speak some english um but i think in in the later phases of the refugee flows, we will increasingly see people who don't.
7: And you've offered your yourself and your services to local families who uh, are bringing in refugees. And what form do you think that help is likely to be wanted?
11: So, I, I've um, in the past helped out a local charity called Chernobyl Children who were bringing in almost unaccompanied children over from uh, largely Belarus more than Ukraine, who had suffered as a result of the Chernobyl accident in their health and were giving them some respite in, with um, local families living here for a few weeks. And I have um, both hosted those children myself, but also helped local families to um understand their charges while they were settling in and to give the children um a um perhaps some communal events where they can speak to each other more freely but to have somebody who can allow them to make the connections with their hosts and um make the connections with, with the surrounding social environment for, for people who are going to be here longer term, to explain to them the um, realities of how you do things here from the, the simple things of, sort of administrative processes perhaps or um, how the, the shopping and the money works and, and help with forms or anything like that.
7: And how good are we as a society, as a country, at providing that information to people who don't speak English?
11: Oh, very, very poor. Um, Absolutely. And to add to the fact that British bureaucracy is fairly impenetrable, um, the, the information about its ins and outs is quite difficult. obtain. Um, Although uh, at the moment, BBC Russian Service is is doing a sterling job at um, keeping people informed about the the new visa programmes, etc.
7: And you mentioned the practical things, you know, what happens when a Ukrainian family arrives in the Petersfield area, settles into somebody's home and then has to get a driving licence or set up a bank account? How can you help
11: um, so I'm I'm very happy to help both sides, both their host families to understand what is needed by the the, the people who are staying with them, and what. They they might not realise where the gaps in understandings are likely to be, just because the the realities of the place that they're coming from are so different to the realities here. It's it's sometimes difficult to imagine what their kind of expectations are going to be. Um, so with with anything like that, it's just maintaining the conversation and making sure you, you find where the, the little gaps and misunderstandings are.
7: And how busy do you expect to be?
11: I have no idea. Um, so I know lots of people have um, already signed up for the government website where you can offer to host. I have somewhat low expectations of of how organised and, and how quick this scheme will be in terms of actually letting people come through issuing their visas and and allowing them to actually come. Um, So we will see. Um, There are lots of people in the area um, who do speak both Russian and Ukrainian who could also offer similar help. And I'm sure they will be involved as as part of the community, as part of the, if you like, why the diaspora.
7: And for someone listening to this today who plans to open their doors to a Ukrainian refugee or Ukrainian family, how can they get in touch with you and the other experts in the area to get access to your help?
11: Um, so I originally volunteered my services through the church. Um, so I'm sure that there will be that the local churches will be organising together uh, schemes to coordinate people who are hosting and um, to, to allow them to kind of help each other. So I think I, I will be plug, plugging in through those kind of channels.
7: Okay, so that's the Petersfield Area Churches Together so, website, yes. the place yes, for that. And, and yeah. uh, we're also fortunate in Petersfield, of course, to be home to the Rural Refugee Network, which is another group of uh, volunteers who help out.
11: Yes, they've, they've held some splendid uh, fundraising events recently um, in connection with the b school. Um, and I believe they, they are also planning to start um, participating in the uh, Ukrainian refugee resettlement because previously they've looked at uh, primarily I think Syrians most recently.
7: And, Violet, finally, um, if you were in Russian to say, welcome to Petersfield, please make your home here, how would you say that? (laughs) Fantastic. Lovely to speak to you. Violet, Violet Snell, languages expert from Bereton, offering her help to Ukrainian families coming to our area.
3: The P stands for Petersfield. I can't believe
0: that we live in such an idyllic place. The P-Pod. And that's it for this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks also to the fabulous Shine Radio volunteers and their interviewees. And, as always, to John Walker and Susie Wilde.
0: We end this week's Peapod with a stylish contemporary number from local band Barbudo and their song, Sunshine.
1: So, from Claire and I this week... Bye! Bye.
0: I wanted to get a head start because I don't think I did the previous year. King of the allotments. So
1: I've always been keen on gardening, forever.
0: Petersfield Gardening Royalty.
3: Growing Together on Shine Radio. Give it a go this year, you never know, and we're here on hand if you have any questions. Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos. New every month and always online at shineradio.uk.